And this is speaking of a competent wisdom, okay? This is a kind of wisdom that comes from having skill or intelligence or cunning. And uh, usually attain this kind of wisdom by experience or by education. In other words, uh, sometimes people get this wisdom by living life and learning what not to do, okay? And other times you might, you might be taught the right thing to do. But that is this chakma, this competent wisdom. The second word that's used in the book of Proverbs for wisdom is the Hebrew word sakal. And uh, this is a careful wisdom. Not a competent wisdom, but it is a careful wisdom. It speaks of one who is circumspect or prudent or who acts in a prosperous manner. That's sakal. That's this kind of wisdom. Now look at Proverbs chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says that the purpose of the book of Proverbs is to know wisdom. You see that there in verse 2? To know wisdom. And then in verse 3, it says to receive the instruction of wisdom. Now it's interesting that first word used in verse 2 for wisdom is the Hebrew word uh, chakma. Uh, that's that uh, competent wisdom. The purpose of Proverbs is to give you competent wisdom. How do you get it? Verse 3, uh, by receiving the instruction of wisdom. That's that sakal wisdom, that careful wisdom. Putting those thoughts together, listen to me on this. God wants, you, wants to instruct you on how to be careful in your choices so that you can learn to be competent in your choices. Let me state it to you another way. Excuse me. Competence comes by learning to be careful in your choices. Competence comes by learning to be careful in your choices. Listen, most of the reason why we, our lives become complicated by our choices is because we don't take the time to think about them from God's perspective. All right, We live... Um, by our own cunning, by our own wisdom, and we're not near as smart as we think we are. And a lot of times that's what puts us in the hole. A lot of times that, that's what overcomplicates our life. It's easy to look back and say, well, that wasn't a good choice. But it takes wisdom to stop before you make a choice and say, what does God say about this? That's where true wisdom comes from. So fundamentally, the Bible teaches us that wisdom is simply applying God's truth in every situation in life. It's truth. God's truth that is applied. That's what wisdom truly is. And so as you learn to, be, to carefully apply uh, the principles of God's word in every choice that you make in life, you can learn how to walk wisely or walk competently. That's the whole, whole thing that the book of Proverbs is trying to teach to us. By the way, that's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse number 10 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, it's not till you fear God so you learn to carefully reverence what God has to say that you'll be able to start making wise choices in life. That's where it begins. And so learning how to carefully respect God in every choice that you make is the only way that you can hope to become competent in the decisions that you make in life. Now, we're in Proverbs 1. A little bit of history about the book of Proverbs. The first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs uh, gives us, uh, they are communicated to us where the, uh, in such a way where the voice of wisdom is calling out to us. And she is compelling us to listen to her vo voice and to go along with her ways. Now, wisdom personified is the voice of God, but she's always spoken of in the feminine. I find that interesting. 
that God would use the feminine uh, pronoun to be uh, a representation of his voice of wisdom. Um, but it shouldn't surprise us too much. Um, because really, if you think about it, most of us, um, it was our mother's voice that first began to teach us wisdom, words of wisdom, all right? Uh, for example, I heard, heard somebody say, my mother taught me to pray when she told me, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> That's some wisdom right there, okay? He said, my mother taught me about anticipation when she would tell me, just wait till your father gets home. My mother taught me about justice when she informed me, one day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> That's some justice right there, okay? Uh, in all seriousness, our mothers really were, and not just in a facetious way, but in a real way, uh, one of, some of the first people that began to speak to us words of wisdom. You know, just as sure as wisdom's voice from God is calling out to us, be sure that this worldly wisdom's voice is calling out to you as well. And that's where the danger lies. You see, you need to understand that there is a big difference between earthly wisdom and worldly wisdom. And there is a certain kind of wisdom that this world tries to promote and say, well, you do what we say and it'll work out for you, but it never does. And we don't have time to park on this this morning, but the Bible warns us that there is a type of wisdom that doesn't come from God in James chapter 3. And it's called worldly wisdom in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. God calls this wisdom foolishness. But this world calls God's wisdom foolishness. See, for those of us that are saved, for those of us that are believers, we look at the wisdom of God as being the power that enables us to live the type of life God made for us to live. And so we need to understand the importance of choosing God's wisdom for every choice that we need to make in life. And so the voice of wisdom is calling out to you today. And the main question you need to ask yourself this morning is whose voice are you going to listen to? God's or this world's or someone else's? And so to simplify your life, the point I'm trying to make this morning is that you need to learn to listen to the voice of wisdom. Now, I dare say there are some of you in this room that have some pretty big decisions you need to make. You're facing some decisions. Maybe they're minor decisions. Even minor decisions not surrendered to the Lord can, be, can create major problems in your life. Well, you need to listen to the wisdom of God's word. She's calling out to you, and I hope that you'll listen to her voice today. Before we jump into this study in Proverbs 1, why don't we bow our heads and ask the Lord to speak to our hearts. Father, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for this opportunity to be able to open your word. And I pray, Lord, that you give me great liberty to be able to communicate your truth today such a beautiful passage of Scripture, and one that you have certainly spoken to my heart about. And uh, I pray, God, that you would use your word to impact the hearts and lives of your people. And I pray that you'd open up our hearts and minds to listen to your spirit communicate your word to us. And I pray, Lord, for someone who has a choice that they're about to make that isn't the right choice, that you would give them a word of warning today and turn their hearts to listen to you and your ways. And I pray, God, that our lives would be simplified as we decide that we're going to go your way every time, regardless of what the world says. And I pray that you'd speak to, uh, to our hearts through this truth again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This morning, as we look at Proverbs chapter 1, I want you to notice three truths that will simplify the process by which you make decisions. The first one, if you're taking notes, is this. First truth is this. Wisdom is resounding. 
Wisdom is resounding. Now, wisdom, the Bible begins to tell us in verse number 20, is resounding her voice all throughout this world today. And uh, uh, she's trying to compel you to listen to her because she has something that will help you with your life. The word resound, when I use the word resound, what that means simply is to resound again. And again and again and again and again, the voice of wisdom calls out to you in your life every single day, trying to guide you, trying to caution you, trying to lead you. God wants you to know the way that he wants you to go. And so he has commissioned his voice of wisdom to guide your life. And uh, as we think about how wisdom is resounding, I want you to notice first how it resounds, how it is resounding. And the Bible tells us this starting in verse number 20. But listen, before I even read this verse, I want you to understand that wisdom comes from God. God alone is the one who gives wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. And that's important for us to understand, and God wants to give you wisdom today. He wants uh, to resound it into your life, and so He is sounding it out all over this world. Everywhere you go, the voice of wisdom is calling out to you, compelling you to do what God wants you to do. My point is, God has made His wisdom available to you. It's not something that's far off. It's not something that's hard to get. God has made it bountifully available to you. James chapter 1, and verse 5. What does it say? It says, if any man lack wisdom, we'll let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally, and it shall be given unto him. And friend, if you need God's truth, if you need to know what you're supposed to do, God is very ready to give it to you. The question is, are you going to listen to it? God is sounding his voice all over this world today. How is he doing it? Well, first I want you to see that his, his voice of wisdom is resounding powerfully. It resounds powerfully. Verse number 20, finally here, the Bible tells us, Wisdom crieth without. Very simple truth. Wisdom cries without. That word crieth is a Hebrew word that literally means to overcome. It's not just uh, the idea of somebody uh, shouting, but it has the idea of a voice that uh, uh, can be heard above all other noises. It is crying out loud. And the fact of the matter is sometimes we feel like, well, I, I, it just seems so hard for me to know what God wants me to do when what the Bible says is God's word of wisdom is shouting out above all other voices. It should be obvious to us what God's truth has to say regarding any matter that we might be deciding about it. It makes me think about uh, when I was a boy, there was one voice I could hear above all other voices. I don't care what else was going on. When my dad whistled, the voice of wisdom was calling, and I better listen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I still haven't figured out how to whistle like he does. But boy, that, that, that'll send terrors down into your soul, okay? Uh, that whistle. But boy, it kept me out of a lot of, a a lot of trouble too, I'm sure. But that's what I think about when I think of God's voice of wisdom. It's sounding out. It's like a warning cry. It's like a cry trying to help guide you in the direction that you're supposed to go. Now listen, there are a lot of voices calling out to you today saying you should do this, you should do that. But what God is saying is that His voice is sounding, resounding out louder than them all. all right? How is wisdom, wisdom resounding? Well, it resounds powerfully, but I want you to see this as well. It resounds publicly. It resounds publicly. Verse number 20, the Bible says wisdom cries without, and then it says she utters her voice in the streets. The Bible says wisdom is resounding in a public way. 
uh, her voice is resounding in the streets. We could put it this way, wisdom is street smart. She knows how to help give you direction for whatever situation you might be facing in your life. And you know, wherever you are, the voice of wisdom can find you there. The voice of wisdom can give you exactly what you need to know to help you make the right choice. Um, and that's something we need to understand. And so this voice of wisdom, it's resounding powerfully. It's resounding publicly. But notice this as well. It resounds peculiarly. It is a peculiar voice. Look at verse number 21. The Bible tells us she cries in the chief place of concourse. Here's essentially what the Bible's telling us here. Wisdom's call resounds in opposition to the popular opinion of our day. Okay, it's a peculiar voice. It doesn't sound like everything else. All right, it's not just a whole lot more of the same rhetoric that you hear going on in this world. When God speaks, it sounds different than what this world's trying to say. It's crying in the chief place of concourse. In the Hebrew, the chief place of concourse literally means the summit of clamor. And I love that. And I don't have time to illustrate it here this morning. But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, when I think of the summit of clamor, I think about the news, okay? Um, There's a whole lot of clamor going on there. Uh, But in the midst of all these other voices saying all these other things, wisdom's voice is there, and it sounds a whole lot different than what everybody else is saying. It's a peculiar voice. And uh, most of of the truth of God uh, exists in paradoxes, okay? You can get more by giving it all away. You can live by dying. All right, these are the kinds of paradoxes that God teaches us in His Word. And to the world, it doesn't make sense. God's voice is a peculiar voice. Uh, the chief place of concourse is the popular opinions of our day. It is a voice of our culture that pulls you to embrace its opinions. And uh, I could spend a whole lot of time on this point right here, but perhaps I'll just give you one alarming example of this. The popular opinion of the day continues to be to degrade the sanctity of life. And uh, we have a bill on the docket in the state of Colorado right now trying to take away the right to life to unborn children. And uh, that voice is the popular voice of our day. And it's an unpopular thing to say that a child's life begins at conception. But it's still what God says. It's different than what the world says, but it's still what God says. That's the voice of wisdom. And friend, we've got to continue to herald this voice because I'm telling you something. There's a bill in the state of Maryland right, Maryland right now um, uh, that is on the docket. I pray to God it doesn't pass. But if it passes, it'll legalize taking a child's life up to 28 days after the child is born. Now you think I'm crazy. And I, I wish I was crazy saying this. It's a God-honest truth. It's a, it's a bill on the docket in the state of Maryland right now. And friend, let me tell you something. That should be the unpopular voice. But would to God that we, we, we would be more adamant about speaking the truth and preaching the gospel that we could turn around this wicked voice that is resounding in our day. You are thankful today that though the popular opinions of our day defy what the Word of God teaches, wisdom is still resounding, still communicating her truth to us. It is a peculiar voice. It's resounding peculiarly, but I want you to see this also. It resounds preemptively. It resounds preemptively. Look at verse number 21. The end of the verse, the Bible says that she cries in the opening of the gates. In the city, she utters her words. Wisdom calls to you, the Bible says here, at the opening of the gates in the city. It calls to you, in other words, early on 
as you're entering the city, before you are able to even make any choices or do anything, he's calling to you. And what God is trying to communicate to you is to, he's trying to communicate truth to you to prevent you from doing something that you should not do. Wisdom's voice is a preemptive voice. Now, it's no help to you to know after you've done something what you should have done. Got some of those people that are really good at informing you, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, thanks, I know that now, okay? That's not how wisdom works. Wisdom calls out to you before you ever make the choice and say, you don't want to do that. A preemptive voice. So we see how wisdom is resounding in your life. But I want you to see also what she is resounding. Look at this next, what it resounds. Wisdom is resounding, and she has something that she wants to say to you. It's not just that it's a, a voice that's repeating uh, and saying nothing. No, what, the, what wisdom is trying, why wisdom is resounding is because she has something that she wants to say to you. Verse number 22 reveals first off that she wants to give you a word of warning. A word of warning. Look at verse 22 with me. The Bible says, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? And scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Now, did you know there, was a bad, there is a bad type of simplicity? theme this year has been simplify. There's a bad type of simplicity. Bad, you know what the bad type of simplicity is? It is a type of simplicity that chooses willfully to be ignorant of God's truth. I don't want to know that. Right? Knowledge is bondage, some people say. And they want to stay away from knowing how to do certain things. We shouldn't be that way towards God and His truth. His truth will only be a help to us. But the Bible here tells us that uh, uh, what wisdom is resounding is a word of warning to specific individuals. And there are three types of individuals. You might circle all three of these types of people if you have that habit of marking into your Bible. He mentions the simple man, the scornful man, and the foolish man. Now listen to me on this. The simple man is clueless. He lacks discernment and he's easily swayed in his choices by other influences. The fool is a little bit different. The fool is careless. He knows right and wrong, but he doesn't care. He's going to do what he wants to do. When it's convenient for him to do what's right, he'll do what's right. When it's not convenient, he'll do what's wrong. The scorner is the most dangerous of all three. The scorner is critical. He despises the wisdom of God. If he knows what God wants to do, he's going to mock it and do the opposite of it just because that's what God said he was supposed to do. Every one of us who were born in this world are simple. We started, the, we started the status of being a simple person. Some of us might have, might have become foolish or maybe even scornful in our existence. But the voice of wisdom is calling out to these types of people that classify every single one of us in this room today and offering a word of warning to us today. I won't, I won't read the verse again, but notice this. God warns a simple man to stop being open-minded to all things. Well, I think that we should just be willing to listen to everything. No, you shouldn't. Listen, if it's the wisdom of this world, you should stay away from it. You don't need it. You need this right here. This is what you need. This is all you need. Right? Stop being open to uh, other uh, type of philosophies or other types of truths from this world and listen to the truth of God's word. So he's warning the simple person, stop being open-minded. He's warning the scornful person to stop being critical of God's ways. It will hurt you. You continue to reject God and scorn His ways. And then He warns the fool to stop opposing God's truth. So the fact of the matter is, if you find yourself in the position of one of these individuals, 
God is giving you a word of warning today. And heed the warning. Living a life that rejects God's wisdom will be to your detriment. It will be to your detriment. I like what the Bible says in Psalm 1 and verse number 1. I'm sure you know many of you know it like I do. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And so we see what wisdom is resounding. It's resounding a word of warning to us today. But I see this as well. It's resounding a word of welcome to some others of us. For some, wisdom is warning you about a choice that you shouldn't make today. For others, there's a word of welcome. Wisdom is resounding to you. And verse number four uh, uh, quantifies this for us. Uh, verse number uh, 23, I should say. The Bible here, the voice of wisdom speaking says, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Now the book of Proverbs talks about four different types of people. We've already mentioned three of them. The simple, the fool, and the scorner. There's a fourth type of person, and that fourth type of person is the wise man. How does a person become a wise man? I told you earlier, we all start out being simple. A simple person who begins to reject God's truth will become a fool and maybe even one day a scorner. A simple person who begins to listen to God's truth becomes a wise man. That's the difference. And here, this is what the voice of wisdom is calling to all of us today, compelling us to listen to her voice for. She wants you to listen, turn from the way you are going, turn at my reproof and go the way that I want you to go. It's a word of welcome. Stop going away that's going to hurt you and start listening to what I have to say because I will help you live a life of significance. That's what the voice of wisdom is calling out, trying to compel us to get on board with her for now, in verse number 23, the word turn, turn you at my reproof, it's the Hebrew word shub, that means to turn back. And what it's speaking to us here is of repentance. And literally, if you're going in a way, making choices that are not pleasing to God, God's wisdom's calling out to you. And if you'll listen, you'll turn from those foolish choices, start doing what God's telling you to do. God gives you some promises about what will happen if you'll do it. You see what he says at the end of verse 23? He says, if you turn at my reproof, first thing he says is, behold, I'll pour out my spirit unto you. God promises to give you the indwelling of his spirit and to help guide you and be a presence ever with you. And then he says at the end of verse number, uh, verse number 23, um, it says, and I will make known my words unto you. Not only does God say, I'll pour out my spirit unto you, but he says, I'll also illuminate you through my word. I'll show you what I want you to do through my word. Friend, if you'll just choose to start listening to God, instead of listening to the culture of this world or listening to any, any other voice in your life, you choose to start listening to God, guess what? God will start speaking to you. God will start guiding you. It's not a complicated process. All right? Only two choices on the, on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Which one are you going to choose? The voice of wisdom is calling out to every single one of us today. The only question that remains is who you're going to listen to? Who you're going to choose to listen to today? See, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 8, verses 34 through 36, Blessed is the man. 
This is wisdom again speaking. Blessed is the man that hears me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoso finds me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sins against me wrongs his own soul. And all they that hate me love death. The Bible does not, uh, uh, is not unclear about what's going to happen um, to you based on what choice you make regarding the voice of God's wisdom. It's going to go well for you if you listen. It's not going to go well for you if you don't. First truth I said we need to notice this morning is that wisdom is resounding. Brings us to the second truth. And uh, we see that wisdom is resounding, but a, but a second truth we must see is what happens when wisdom is rejected. What happens when wisdom is rejected? Though the call of wisdom is resounding all around us today, there are some who still choose to reject what she has to say. I want you to notice here, first off, that we think about this, the reason for the rejection. One of the reasons that people would not listen to the voice of God when God is clearly trying to speak to them. As we move along in Proverbs, I believe we're going to see that. Start by saying, there is no good reason anybody reject wisdom's call. But there are reasons still that people give for why, they, for why they do so. All around this room and all over this world, let's be honest, from time to time, we're, we reject what God has to tell us and we do our own thing. Not a wise thing, but there are reasons behind why people choose to do so. It makes me think about a little illustration here. To receive a phone call, okay, uh, if, you, if you're talking to someone on the phone, I think we have a picture of this. Can you put this up? You're talking to somebody on the phone, on these smartphones. Now, if you have a dumb phone, I'm sorry, you'll have no clue what I'm talking about, okay? Um, but uh, <laughs> if you have a smartphone, you're talking to someone else, to, re to receive a different call, you have a couple choices you can make. You can decline, you can hold and accept, or you can end one call and accept another. That's the one I'm thinking of in particular here. Think about this with me. The voice of wisdom is calling today, right? There are other voices that are calling too. Every day when you have to make a choice, you have to make a decision as to whether or not you're going to stay on the line with the Lord. You're going to end one call and accept another. Start listening to another voice. Sadly, People who reject the, the call of wisdom, they're doing just that. Declining one call to take another one. They're saying no to listening to God's voice, and they're listening to some other voice in their life. And there are reasons behind why they're making this choice. Now, I want you to see the first one here, and that is the reason why they're refusing wisdom is because they made the choice to refuse wisdom's voice. The choice to refuse. Look at verse number 24. The Bible says, because I have called, and you what? Refused. What a powerful, strong word that is. Some people reject God's wisdom, declining it. I, I think about it using a cell phone. I think about it in the, in the sense of, boy, their call, and you just, you just put decline, and you send them straight to voicemail. God's calling, but you don't want to listen to what he has to say. You refuse what God has to say because you're too busy listening to somebody else. This describes somebody who refuses to listen. And I wonder today, is that what you're doing with the choices you're making? I don't want to listen to what God has to say. I think I've got this figured out, all right? If I start having problems, I'll talk to God about it. But right now, I'm doing pretty good on my own. That's what, this, that's what this type of person says. They make the choice to refuse. A second choice that such a person makes is the choice to ridicule. The choice to ridicule. Verse number 24, the Bible says, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Other people reject God's wisdom by choosing to ignore it. Is there anything 
more disrespectful than when you stick your hand out to somebody and they won't shake it? Sometimes we do it because we don't see somebody else sticking out their hand. And I've done that oftentimes. I've stuck out my hand and then they walk away. They come back. I stick out my hand and then they walk away. You know what I'm talking about, okay? Uh, it's always awkward. And finally, somebody taps them on the shoulder and says, hey, they're trying to shake your hand. Um, now, I understand that happens. That's not what, what's being talked about here. It is a willful, no, I don't, I don't want to see that, right? Um, uh, if, we're, if we're using a phone, uh, we might, might be somebody's calling and we just keep letting it ring. No, they're calling. We're ignoring it. No, God's trying to speak to us, but I don't want to hear that. We just ignore it. And friend, this is one of the ways you can reject the voice of God's wisdom. It's not that you're willfully saying no to it. It's just that you're ignoring it. You are continuing to live as if you're not hearing the fact that God's trying to speak to you. Right? So some make the choice to refuse. Some make the choice to ridicule God's truth. The third thing here is that some choose to refrain from God's voice of wisdom. Verse number 25. The Bible says, but you have set at naught all of my counsel. This person chooses to reject the voice of God's wisdom by, by refraining from it, or we could say by avoiding it, okay? Now, uh, it's funny to me the differences in people. I'm the type of person where if I open my phone and there's a text message or an email, I have to get that notification off my phone. How many of you are like me? All, the very few among us, okay? Some of you are more like my wife, okay? I'll open my wife's phone, her email. It says something along the lines of 256 emails. How do you live that way? How many of you are in that camp, okay? All right, there you are. Like, you can live that way, all right? I can't live that way. Uh, it, it bothers me. Uh, but anyways, I'm thinking about this in the sense of God is racking up the emails God is racking up the messages. God is racking up the voice messages. But you're somebody who, you know what? I'm not going to listen to what he has to say. You are in a position where you choose to refrain, to avoid what God has to say. This type of person often avoids what God has to say by not coming to church, by not reading their Bible, by not talking to certain individuals that they know will tell them what they need to hear. But you don't want to hear what God has to say. You've already decided what you want to do. And so you make the choice to refrain. The person makes the choice to resist. Verse 25, the end of the verse, the Bible says that you would none of my reproof. You didn't want any of it. You made the choice to resist. This person rejects God's call of wisdom by their unwillingness to receive it. It's not just that you're rejecting the call when it comes in. It's that God's calling, you select it, and you block him. You don't even want to hear what he has to say again. You don't even want to give him the option to call again. You are resisting God's voice of wisdom in some area of your life. You know God is calling, but you just don't want to listen. Listen, I don't know what camp you're in today. fact is, any one of us can get into this position in life so easily. My question for you is, are you rejecting God's call of wisdom today? Some area of your life? You might be listening to God in every other area of your life, but God, don't talk to me about this. This is, this is my area. I'll do everything else you want me to do, but don't talk to me about this. You can close your life off to God in one area even. question is, are you refusing the voice of God's wisdom in your life today? We see the reasons why a, a person who rejects God's call of wisdom does it. But I want you to also see the result of the rejection. What happens when you choose to reject God's word of wisdom? I tell you, there will be some heartbreaking results if you choose to reject God's voice of wisdom. There's the first one of them. 
who will face ridicule. Look at verse number 26. If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Verse number 26. You're going to face ridicule. The Bible says, God speaking here, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes. Listen, you reject God's call of wisdom, mark it down. Your life will be ridiculous. Your life will be a life that's worthy of ridicule. Laugh at God now and say, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. You can laugh at God now, but can I tell you something? God will have the last laugh. He will have the last laugh. I think of what Psalm uh, chapter 37 tells us about this, that God uh, says something along the same lines, that God is going to laugh at those who reject His ways. You mock God now, but God will have the last laugh. There will come a day when God could look at you and say, I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. You don't want to take that route. Listen to God. But a person who chooses to reject God's call of wisdom, you will face ridicule for doing so. A second thing you will face is that you will face retribution. Verse number 27, the Bible says, When your fear, is the first thing it mentions, comes as desolation, destruction. The second thing comes as a whirlwind. And when your distress and anguish, things comes upon you. If you reject wisdom's call, you will face the consequences. What are the consequences? It says fear first. What will happen if you don't listen to God? Your greatest fears will become a reality. What will happen if you don't listen to God? The second thing it mentions is destruction. Life will be a disaster. What will happen if you don't listen to God? The third thing it mentions is distress and anguish. You will face continual trouble and stress in your life because you didn't listen to God. If you don't listen to the voice of God in your life, you're going to pay for it. You can be sure of that. And listen, it's not that God's out to get you. God is calling out to you saying, don't do that. You're not going to like what it results in. You reap what you sow. This is a principle God made in this world. And so he resounds his voice of wisdom and says, don't go down that path. I want what's best for you. But if you go that way, there are going to be consequences that I can't reverse. That's why God's trying to compel you not to resist his voice and to start listening to him with the choices that you make in your life don't, you will face ridicule. You'll face retribution. I think about what the Bible says in Proverbs 16 and verse 25. There is a way that seems right to a man. The end thereof are the ways of death. It can seem so good right now. I don't like where it leads. Listen to God. Third thing you'll face if you choose to reject God's voice of wisdom is regret. Look at verse 28 through 30 with me. The Bible says, Then shall they call upon me, and I will not answer shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated, the not, hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. You reject wisdom's call, your life will eventually be filled with regret. We'll look back on your life, you will think, why didn't I listen? What if I had listened? The Bible tells us about a person who does this in Proverbs chapter 5. It's a convicting chapter. Proverbs 5 and verse 11, this person says, And thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instruction, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of them that instructed me? Why didn't I listen? Regret. Regret not choosing to listen to God. The thing you will face is that you'll face ruin. Verses 31 and 32, Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way. Ooh. That's, that's hard truth right there. They'll eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. 
For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and prosperity of fools shall destroy them. You reject God's call of wisdom in your life, it will be to your ruin. Hear me out on this. You plant, if you plant your life contrary to God's way, one day that plant's going to grow up. You're going to have to eat the fruit of it. You better be careful what kind of life you're planting. You plant bad fruit, you're going to have to eat it. Plant good fruit, you listen to God, be able to enjoy it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8 says, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I'll tell you something, it is not worth it to reject the call of God's voice of wisdom. not worth it. It results in, I don't care what your reasons are. Uh, it just feels so good to do, to do this. How could God be against this? Well, friend, it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. If God's against it, don't do it. That's what faith is all about. It's trusting God even when my feelings tell me something different. Reject God's voice of wisdom in your life today. If God said that you, that you need to uh, 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 forsake some type of vice that is destroying your life, friend, give it up. I can go down the line and talk about several examples of this, but the truth is, if there's something like this in your life, you already know what it is. God's already speaking to your heart about it here today. hope you'll listen. We see uh, the second truth. We see what happens when wisdom is rejected. The final truth that we need to see is what happens when wisdom is regarded. Wisdom is regarded. The call of wisdom is resounding to you today, and while some choose to reject it, thank God, you can choose to regard it can choose to listen. If you're going to regard wisdom's voice, there's a few things you need to understand. The first is this. You need to understand the prerequisite to doing so. The Bible tells us in verse 33. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Verse 33. This is the prerequisite. Whoso hearkeneth unto me. Hearkeneth. Hearkening is a prerequisite listening to the voice of wisdom. That word hearken, love it. It's a Hebrew word shema. It doesn't just mean to listen to. It means to listen to and obey, altogether packed into one. It means as soon as you hear it, you do it. Right? As soon as you hear it, you respond to it. That's the whole idea behind the Hebrew word Shema. And uh, it's not enough for you to hear what God wants you to do and then do your own thing. Hearing what God wants you to do and determining in your heart, whatever God says, I'm doing it. I like how this was demonstrated by some significant people in the scripture. I think about Ezra, and I think this verse is in your notes. In Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10, the Bible says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, and to what? Do it. All right? He said, I'm going to find out what God says, and whatever it is, I'm doing it. That's the kind of heart that we need to have when it comes to seeking out. If we're really going to listen to what God wants, then whatever God tells us, I'm doing it. A lot of times we go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do? God tells us what he wants us to do, and, he, and we go, okay, let me go get a second opinion. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't want to listen to God when God does tell us what he, te- what he wants us to do. But no, that's not the kind of heart the Bible's talking. If you're going to regard wisdom's voice, what is required, what the prerequisite is, is that you're going to have to decide, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. That's what's required. You know, and a lot of people don't think about this, but if you're going to do this, practically speaking, in your day-to-day life, have you ever thought about developing a biblical process for making decisions? A lot of people are slammed with a big decision. All of a sudden, okay, I've got to decide what I need to do about this circumstance. And you have no clue what you're going to do in making that decision. 
And that's something the Lord convicted my heart about this past week. And so I did some study on it. And I don't have a time to go through all this here today. But in your notes, I put seven steps in here. I believe the scripture teaches us about how to make biblically sound decisions. The first step is, wait. It's hard. I want to buy the boat. It's on sale. Wait. Some of you are actually trying to buy a boat right now. Okay, I had no idea, okay? Your wife didn't put me up to it. Wait. The Bible says, whosoever hastes with his feet, sinning. Wrong for you to rush into making a decision. Right? They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, Isaiah 40 says. For two, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord through prayer and through the scripture. Right? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not to thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Romans 12, 2 says, uh, don't be conformed to this world, but allow God to transform you through the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what the will of God is. God wants to help you see the choice from his perspective so you can do what he wants you to do. All right? Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord's will. Uh, the third thing is analyze your motivations. Guess what? Jeremiah 17 says your heart is desperately wicked. You don't always have the right motives. Don't assume that you do. Analyze your motivations. And like Psalm 139, the psalmist prayed, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Tell me the way I'm supposed to go if my feelings or my motivations are betraying me. Number four, get godly counsel. Multiple times the scripture tells us in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I'm just going to give you a little clue about something. Nine times out of ten, I will not give unsolicited counsel. Unless I can see that it's going to be absolutely detrimental to a person's life. You know why? Because if I try to give you counsel um, before you decide to do something and you don't want it, then you're not going to listen to me anyways. You come ask me, I'll give, I'll give you what the Bible has to say about it. That you have a heart that wants to seek counsel regarding any decision that you make. Number five, review your options again. Review the options. Luke 14 talks about how foolish a person is who doesn't sit down first and count the cost. Right? The simple person just goes headlong into something, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 22 says, and, and, and ends up, it ends up biting them, biting them in the rear end. Right? You need to review your options and from the lens of the counsel and the scripture that you have received. The number six, exercise faith. You doubt, you do something, you're wrong, Romans 14 says. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. You're not doing it because you're trusting God and it's what God wants you to do. You shouldn't be doing it. I always had, some, I had, always had people tell me, when you're in doubt, don't do it. Not sure yet, don't do it. If God has told you he wants you to do something, you need to do it. You need to do it. It takes an equal amount of faith to say no to something as it does to say yes to something else. Sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world to say no when it's something you really want to do. But if that's what God's telling you to do, you need to listen. Number seven, take action. If you know what God wants you to do, don't hesitate. Do it. Get it done. You can make, you can make a decision with confidence when you know through the lens of Scripture, through the confirmation of the Spirit, and through the solidification of counsel that God's wanting you to do something. You can do it with full assurance it's what God wants you to do. A biblically framed process for making sound decisions. This, this might not be your process, but you ought to have a process that you go through before you make any major decisions in life. Because the prerequisite to listening to wisdom's call is for you to hearken, to listen, and whatever God says, I'm going to do it. When you do fulfill that prerequisite, Last thing I want you to see is that there is a wonderful promise that is given to you. I want you to notice the promise in verse 33. The Bible says, 
but whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely. Here's a promise of refuge. You're going to dwell safely. You will find a place of security in the wisdom of the Lord. Now, I believe we've got a picture of Corey Ten Boom. How many of you heard of Corey Ten Boom before? Very well-known person in, in history. Corrie ten Boom was, uh, she, her parents uh, sheltered Jewish people during World War II, and they were eventually captured for doing so and put into a Nazi camp. And she suffered horrors in that Nazi camp. In that Nazi camp, she discovered that God was her refuge. I don't have time to tell the stories that could be told about, about how, how that, that was proven to her. I encourage you to read her autobiography on the subject, though. It's amazing. It was Corrie ten Boom who went through all of these circumstances eventually went on after these things to say this. She said, there is no safer place to be than the center of God's will. She lived it. Even from a Nazi camp, you could say, there is no safer place to be than the center of God's will. When you know you're where God wants you, doing what God wants you to do, you'll find, promised in Scripture, it's a place of refuge. There's no safer place to be. There's a promise of refuge, but number two, as you listen to God's voice of wisdom, there is a promise of rest. The Bible says, Whoso hearkeneth unto me shall be quiet from fear of evil. Quiet or at peace. You will find rest in the wisdom of the Lord. You know that the way you are living, God's way, there's no better place of peace that you'll find in your life. What the Bible says on this, great peace have they who love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Nothing. You can be at, at perfect rest, whatever decision is that you're making, when you know you're doing what God wants you to do. Life will become complicated, though, if you choose to go against God. You'll continually worry and be in fear and trouble and anguish, those things that were described earlier. You go against God. But all perfect rest is promised to those who choose to start listening to the voice of God's wisdom. One person said, There is no pillow so soft as a clear conscience before God. Well, your sleep will be sweet, the, psalms, the psalmist said about it. What a, what a wonderful place of rest it is to be where God wants you to be. And so to simplify your life, I said earlier on, you must choose to listen to the voice of God's wisdom. More illustration and we'll be done. George Washington. Dad died when he was just 11 years old. And as a young man, he was being strongly influenced by some British counterparts to when he grew up join the British Navy. His, mom, his mother had reservations about it. And his mother discouraged him not to take that direction in life. And to his credit, he listened to his mama. A very good thing to do. So instead of becoming a captain in the British, uh, British Navy, he became the commander-in-chief of the Army of the United States of America. That's a wise mama, even a wiser young man who would listen to the voice of counsel, listen to the voice of wisdom. I'll tell you something, the choice that you're looking at goes against what God is leading you to do. It may look good in the immediate, but it won't pay off in the end. Be a wise person today to, in every decision you make in life to begin to choose listening to the voice of God's wisdom. Maybe there's a choice you're facing right now that you need to exercise this decision of faith and choosing God's way instead of your own. I hope you'll make that choice today. Maybe there's not a major choice on your horizon right now, but it's coming, I guarantee you. What you decide to do, let it be shaped by the voice of God's wisdom that's sounding all around you instead of listening to the voice of this world. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes together. No wiser choice that you